This is the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your host, master coach, and emotional resiliency expert, Lisa Carpenter. I'm here to be your guide through real, raw conversations, navigating life as a high achiever. This show covers what it takes to create physical and emotional well-being, along with how to honor and partner with your body. I'm here to guide you to a connected relationship with yourself, turning self-care into a way of being and not just another task on your to-do list. After all, the things we love, we take care of. This podcast gives you permission to love what you do, but love yourself more. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. Well, hey, hey, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I have what I believe is going to be a really great episode for you guys today. I'm sitting here amongst piles of papers. I jotted down notes and and tried to get my thoughts together because I want to talk about the cycle of relapse. I know that sounds dramatic. What does that mean? But really, it's about understanding your red flag behaviors. So the behaviors, the stuff that you get into that is pulling you out of your life, pulling you out of alignment with yourself, that is preventing you from feeling good. So cycle of relapse, where am I even going with this? So if you're a new listener, you may want to go back to some of the very first episodes. And uh, we are actually compiling a list of some of our top episodes that you will be able to download. So if you're a new listener, you can go back and listen to some of our top episodes. But if you're new, you may not know that what started my massive transformation uh, coming up on 10 years ago was finding out that my husband was an addict and it really flipped the table on my life. I had to come face to face. Well, I didn't have to, but I made the choice to start looking at my life, my beliefs and really taking responsibility for how I was showing up in the world. It was an incredibly disruptive time in my life because the things that I thought were true about me, the things that I thought made me amazing and unique, and I just thought that this was the way everybody lived, I came to realize those things weren't true, that I was looking at life through the lens of a very thick, very, very thick lens of codependency. I didn't know that you could set boundaries and say no to people. I didn't understand that I didn't need other people's approval in my life. I didn't understand that there was a different way of living and being, and that I could value myself. I didn't get all of that. So even though I'd been a coach for many, many years and could really help people see where they were struggling, I was unable to see my own struggles. I was unable to see my own process addictions, which are basically behavior addictions that, again, pulled me out of being in alignment with who I really am. And so many of the women and men that I work with struggle with some of these behaviors. So I want to talk a little bit about this today. So red flag behaviors, and when we talk about the cycle of relapse, so when we're talking about addicts in particular who 
are in recovery, let's say, right? So they're, they're clean and sober. Relapse actually happens long before the person picks up a drink, does the drugs, you know, places the bet, whatever the addiction is. There are behaviors that are going to happen before they actually get to that place of relapsing. And it all starts with being triggered by something. And this applies to everybody. There are things in your life that trigger guilt and shame. We all feel shame. We all feel guilt. But it's amazing how many of you don't actually identify with the emotion of shame. So even though you feel it, you don't allow yourself to acknowledge that you're feeling shameful. Because why? Nobody wants to feel shameful. And to be honest, most of us are not dealing with a level of emotional fluency where you can actually identify what you're feeling. It's a big part of what I work with my clients on is getting them out of their heads. A lot of my clients are, are overthinkers. So getting them out of their heads and actually getting them to tune into the wisdom of their body and listen to what their body's telling them and feel the emotion in their body, not so they stay trapped by their emotions, but so that they can learn how to navigate them so that they're not trapped by their emotions. Because just so I'm clear here, so you understand when you're not feeling your feelings, when you're not tuned in to what you're feeling, you are being trapped by your emotions because these behaviors are going to come up to mask these emotions. So hopefully that is clear, (laughs) clear as mud. You know, I write these notes down and I'm like, this all makes sense. This will make sense. And then I start talking and I'm like, does that make sense? So if you, you know, if you have a podcast or you're putting yourself out there in any way, shape or form, and you think that you have to do this perfectly before you start, please use me as an example of just starting because, you know, for all the times that I might trip over my words, or I think like, ah, does that really make sense? I have thousands and thousands of you that download this podcast every single week who get a lot of benefit out of what I'm putting out in the world. So if you wait for things to be perfect, you are really robbing the world of the opportunity to get to know who you really are. And I am hundred percent committed to leading by example, to being true to who I am, because let me tell you, perfectionism was one of my red flag behaviors that I lived behind for a very, very long time. If I just looked perfect, if I sounded perfect, if everything seemed perfect, then nobody would see how insecure I was. But the irony was I didn't even see how insecure I was. I didn't even know that I had a problem with perfectionism until it was pointed out to me. So this is what I mean about these moments in our lives where we have the opportunity to start questioning, what if this isn't true? And that's the power of having you know, a coach or a therapist. They hold up the mirror and say, ooh, have you seen it from this direction? And, you know, what is really interesting is I find in my life right now, so that first wake-up call came, you know, 10 years ago when I realized Macy was, uh, you know, an addict. And I'm having another real, like, moment exactly like that again, where I'm questioning so many different things in the world, questioning things that other people aren't willing to question. And look, everybody gets to choose 
but I have always been the person that questioned and looked deeper. And what's interesting is when I was younger and I would question all the time, I was told, stop questioning. Don't question. It's this way because we tell you it's this way. You do it this way because we've told you to do it this way. And it's taken me a lot of years to unravel that and say, wait a minute. One of my superpowers is the fact that I question. And this is exactly what I'm doing in what is going on in the world today. I'm questioning a lot of things and I'm being woken up to a lot of things that I hadn't been willing to see before. And the truth is I didn't need to see them before now, but now the curtains have been pulled back and I'm asking bigger questions and I'm questioning why we're not allowed to question. So I'll just leave that at that. But here, coming back to these red flag behaviors and perfectionism, that was a really big one for me, right? Not saying what I really felt was a was a red flag behavior for me. Um, and these these behaviors come up so that we can avoid, again, feeling what we're feeling. And most often, what we're feeling is some form of guilt or shame, this belief that we are not good enough. So how do you know when you're caught up in red flag behaviors? Well, to put it pretty simply, you feel pretty shitty. So I am going to share what has been going on in my life and how I found myself caught in a whole bunch of red flag behaviors. And I unpacked this with uh, some of my clients and I wanted to come on the podcast and share it with you guys in the hopes that it helps you start to identify where you're getting into your own stuff and you may not realize. So for many years, I spent a lot of time in struggle and suffering at my own hand. Why at my own hand? Because I was choosing to hold my attention on things that I couldn't change, that I wanted to be different, right? So I didn't like the way things were. And I kept holding my attention on the way things were instead of focusing on what I could control. So here we are in 2021 and I come back from Vegas and I'm feeling on top of the world. And that was a pretty, pretty big deal for me. Um, Lots to celebrate, huge accomplishment. And it was a, it was a bumpy re-entry. It was a bumpy re-entry back into Canada, right? To go from this expansive experience to coming back into what felt very constricted, right? I had a two-week quarantine at home. I mean, it doesn't get any more opposite than that, right? To, to spend a week in Vegas, <laughs> Vegas, and then to come home and to be quarantined and to really feel the restrictiveness, not to mention, you know, I went from having all this structure around my life and these big goals to coming home and saying like, okay, I'm going to celebrate this accomplishment and I'm going to be in this and really not knowing, you know, what's going to happen next week, next month, next year, as none of us do, right? We're all living with a tremendous amount of uncertainty, which we always live with uncertainty, by the way. But now more than ever, we're really, we're really faced with this. So, you know, as I started to integrate back into my life coming out of quarantine, I started to not feel so good. I started to not feel so good. And I was at the gym one morning and I realized, Lisa, you are doing it again. 
So once you create a certain amount of emotional fluency, when you know what it's like to feel good, to feel free in your life, to feel free of these behaviors where you're really living in alignment with, with who you are, when you start to feel really crappy, right? Like just completely out of sorts. I was getting into anger and frustration. So whenever I'm getting into anger and frustration, something's not right. Right. I am not holding my attention on things I can control (laughs) when I'm in anger and frustration. So I stood in the gym and I was like, wow, you are doing it again. You have gone back to that behavior of struggle and suffering because that was way more familiar and way more comfortable than for me to acknowledge the amount of sadness and grief that I have been processing sadness and grief. Right. And there were some feelings of shame. There were some feelings of shame. The feelings of shame came from, (laughs) I have all the tools. I shouldn't be getting into anger and frustration. So then I was shaming myself for getting into anger and frustration. You see how this ends up being a crazy cycle. So I'm sharing this with you because I want you to know that I'm very human. All my clients are very human. We are all doing the best we can. And it's really, you know, using these tools and becoming more emotionally fluent and really coming to know yourself better. It means that you don't stay in the dip for as long, right? you recognize it. And that's what happened in the gym. I recognized, wow, I'm doing that thing. And I was able to take a step back and really unpack this for myself. And I could see all the behaviors that had started to sneak in from the time I got home to that moment in the gym that had shown me that I was going down the rabbit hole of nothing good. So this is what I mean about you're going to see these behaviors long before you're in that dark hole. But first you have to come to know what those behaviors are. So what were they for me? I was over-consuming information, right? So I was looking at social a lot. I was stuck at home, right? So I'm going to look at social. And the more I looked at social media, the more I found information that got me angry and frustrated, the more things that I saw that I just don't think are okay in this world, right? I just consumed more and more. And in part, some of this consumption was to justify, to justify the position that I've chosen to take. And I don't need to justify my position to anybody. You don't need to justify your position to anybody, nor do we need to go out and case build around the position you're taking, right? Like stay open, stay curious, keep learning. But I wasn't in a keep learning stage. I wasn't in a curious stage. I was in a, how can I gather all the information, right? How can I gather all the information? How can I consume all the information to try and make myself feel better? But it wasn't making me feel better. It was actually what it was doing in this overconsumption of information was having my attention on the very things that I can't control. Again, so how often in your life are you holding your attention on things you can't control? Maybe it's another person, maybe it's a circumstance, it doesn't matter. 
But when we're holding our attention on what we can't control, we're not standing in our personal power and it's not going to feel good. I was distracted. Oh my God. I was so distracted. I was like, a, like, you know, squirrel, squirrel. I couldn't get anything done. I was feeling very ADD. And I think I do have like ADHD to a certain extent. I think a lot of very successful people struggle with ADHD, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't focus just incredibly distracted in all areas of my life, not just in my business, but in my personal life as well. You know, like I, I would have to come upstairs like four or five times and each time I'd be like, I don't even remember why I'm coming up here. Right. Like just really scattered mind. I was really getting into, and this is a big one for me. I was getting into that pushing energy. So you guys all know I'm driven. I'm ambitious. Those are the the types of clients that I love to work with. I love working with doers and introducing them to a new paradigm around high performance because it's not about doing more. It's about doing less, but being very strategic about the things you're doing and doing less better. So when I get into pushing energy, or I call it like, I'll show you energy, or even better yet, fuck you energy, (laughs) that's not healthy for me. So for a good portion of my career, I built my career on that energy because I had somebody tell me once, oh, well, you're going to get a real job one day, right? And I went into that energy of, well, I'll show you, right? It's that proving energy. Well, that proving energy is actually not healthy for me. And it's not healthy really for anybody. If I'm going to go do something, I want to be doing it from a place of ease and joy and looking for, you know, to have it fill me up, not because I'm trying to like push something. So it's kind of like, you know, my, my coach and good friend, Tara Newman says, we push when we're feeling pulled. We don't push just for the sake of pushing. And I was really getting into pushing energy. Like, I just want to like, screw all of you. I'm going to go do this thing. So I started getting into really pushing energy. And as I've already mentioned, a lot of anger and a lot of frustration. Okay. Another red flag behavior of mine is also, I get into comparisonitis. So if I find myself looking at other people's social media on their website oh, look at them. They're doing amazing things. They're saying the same thing I'm saying. Who am I to be doing this work? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. That is a huge red flag behavior for me. So all of these behaviors show up, all of them show up when I don't want to be with the underlying emotion. So generally speaking, when I'm in comparisonitis, it's because maybe I'm stepping into a new level in my business. And I'm, you know, I'm back in that place of like, am I good enough? Like, do I get to do this? Like, who do I think I am? So when I go into comparisonitis, it's to cover up the shame that I'm feeling around not feeling good enough, right? Like that's, that's the cover up for my, I'm not good enough story. So it's my job to pay attention and notice like, oh, Lisa, you just spent 30 minutes on other people's website who do similar work to you. Is this healthy for you? Yes or no? No. Is this going to make you feel better about yourself? Yes or no? No. Is this you back in your I'm not good enough story? Absolutely. And that's when I take responsibility and take a step back and shift my attention onto what I need to do for me. And maybe it's sitting down and journaling about how I'm actually feeling, giving myself compassion and grace. 
So when I found myself feeling really shitty that day in the gym and realizing that I had hit this place of like, how did I get here? It was time to take radical responsibility. It was time to cut these behaviors off at the knees. So not making myself wrong or bad for feeling the way I felt for getting caught in these things. There's no point in shaming myself for the fact that, you know, here I was because guess what? I am so human, just like all of you. So you can be an amazing coach. You can be an amazing entrepreneur. You can be an amazing mom and you can still have stuff we can still veer off the path. That's part of the journey here. The journey is always about finding our way back to joy, finding our way back to who we are. This this moment in the gym really made me realize how far I've come and how much control I really did have because I can always control my attitude. I can always control how I want to feel. I can control where I'm holding my attention. And instead of getting into more anger and frustration and pushing energy, I can focus my attention on what can I do to support myself feeling better? And this is what I want you to be asking yourself. What can you do to support yourself feeling better? First, it starts with know your red flag behaviors. Some of you may get into things like you find yourself in resentment all the time. That's a big one for some of my clients or being phony, right? Being fake with people. So not being who you are around certain people that might be a red flag behavior for you becoming intolerant, right? Snapping, snapping at your kids, snapping at your husband because they breathe the wrong way. That can be a red flag behavior. Getting into, if you're like me, maybe anger, or maybe suddenly you got the box of Oreos on your lap or girl guide cookies. Eating is a big one for many people. You might get into self-deception. This is for a lot of my clients. They get into playing these games with themselves. This is bargaining with themselves. And that is a huge, huge red flag because now they're justifying why they're not doing the things they need to be doing right? Procrastination is a huge one. Scrolling social, right? How often do you find yourself spending hours and hours on social, even though you've told yourself you're going to do X, Y, and Z, you're not doing them because you just wasted two hours watching other people's lives who you don't even know who you don't care about. I bet you don't even remember what you saw just consuming, right? Maybe you're like me and you get into like this overconsumption mode. Maybe you find that all of a sudden your sleep schedule is out the window, right? So you're committed to going to bed and waking up rested because nowadays it is so imperative that you are well-rested. This is like foundational for healthy immunity, right? It's no joke these days. Like if you are not taking care of the basics, like getting rest and making sure you are nourishing your mind and your body, you are not paying attention to what is going on in the world. And that is 100% within your control. So if you made this commitment to get more rest, and now all of a sudden you're up till 2 a.m. doing God knows what, because you wanted to watch a show on Netflix, is that one of your red flag behaviors? How can you get back to being committed to feeling good? Because if you start staying up till 2 or 3 a.m. watching Netflix, I guarantee you, you are going to feel like shit in the morning for the most part, right? Right. Maybe you're pouring yourself a glass of wine every night. 
Maybe that's your red flag behavior. You know, that once a, a glass on the weekend has now suddenly become a glass every night to help you unwind. Well, what specifically do you need to unwind from? What are you avoiding feeling? What do you need to, to be present with? You know, what are you afraid of maybe? Gossiping. Do you find yourself getting into like the gossip game? So for a lot of people, especially women, they get into gossiping with each other as a way to avoid actually getting present with how they're feeling. So gossiping really is about going out and finding people who share, right? Who share your way of thinking, because then you get to be right. Instead of actually questioning the parts of you that are like, Ooh, that was triggering when that person said that to me, or when I read that thing, I mean, nowadays, so many people get triggered by things they read on social media if it doesn't fit their particular narrative. And uh, there is no right or wrong. There's validity in all different perspectives. And when you can live from that place and allow other perspectives in, you can still hold a perspective, like lean more to one side than the other, that's totally okay because everybody's going to have different values that they're working from. But when you can allow space for multiple perspectives, you'll be doing yourself a favor because you'll be asking yourself better questions, which is going to help grow you. But if you don't, you're going to stay caught in these behaviors where you're very reactive. And that's another you know, that's another behavior that many people get into is they're incredibly reactive, like just word vomit out of their mouth when something happens that they don't like, they don't take time to consider what is there for them and then respond in a way that fits their energy. So this is what I mean when I talk about red flag behaviors, because if you spend too much time in these, like if I had continued to tolerate all these red flag behaviors that I was in, what I was really committing to was feeling really, really shitty indefinitely. And I have been doing this work long enough to know that I always have a choice in how I feel always, but that means releasing these behaviors that even though they don't feel good are somewhat soothing. That's why we do them, right? They're soothing because they're more comfortable and familiar than feeling your feelings of sadness or grief or whatever it is that you're experiencing fear. This is why it's so important to start to know them and to start to pay attention. Don't judge them. You don't need to judge yourself for having these behaviors, but recognize where they show up over and over and over again. So another example that I will share with you back in the day when I was really in my money BS Anytime I got an unexpected bill or something, you know, maybe I looked at my bank account, but anytime I basically was feeling like lack or scarcity or not enough, guaranteed, like guaranteed, I would pick a fight with Macy. There was never anything wrong, but I would find something that was wrong and I would pick a fight with him. And one day I really recognized this, like, wow, why am I picking a fight? What if this has nothing to do with me? See, and this just has to do with the fact that I'm feeling like I don't have enough and I'm afraid because I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. Okay. Our partners have red flag behaviors. And I bet you, if I asked you, so this is a really good exercise for you while you're kind of figuring out what are my behaviors that I get into as you're trying to create awareness around that, pay attention to your partner because I bet you could list about five behaviors that they get into when you know 
that when they're doing that, it's not really about that. So in my house, if Macy is walking around cleaning stuff and purging, and he's suddenly on this kick that we need to like declutter, which in all fairness, he's much more of a minimalist than I am. But whenever he's like, suddenly like, it's almost like it's a different energy. It's a different energy behind it. And I know you'll know what I'm talking about. When he gets into that energy, I know that something has gone down that has triggered him because that is one of his red flag behaviors that he gets into, or he might get into a lot of gaming, right? So I bet if I asked you to name your partner's behaviors that they get into when they've been triggered by something else, you would be able to name them. So if you can have that awareness in your partner, I want you to point the finger back at yourself and stay curious and say, okay, I'm going to pay attention to when I'm not feeling good. And I'm going to pay attention to the behaviors that I'm in that are actually making me feel bad. What behaviors am I in? And then ask yourself, okay, what specifically is causing me to get into this behavior? What thing am I not wanting to do? What am I trying to avoid? What do I need to feel? Maybe it was your mother-in-law said something to you that really made you feel shameful or just yucky. Maybe it's that you're starting a new business venture and you're terrified about like, well, what if nobody buys my thing? I mean, that's show me an entrepreneur who hasn't had that fear of like, what if nobody buys my thing? Maybe your kid is just going to school for the first time after being locked down for months and you're feeling anxiety about that, but instead you're baking up a storm in the kitchen, right? Like start to look at yourself with curiosity, start to look for behaviors that, you know, like they don't feel good and you don't like them, right? I don't like it when I'm in frustration and anger. I don't make anger wrong. I don't make frustration wrong. I believe all emotions have their place and are very powerful. But, you know, if I'm in an overconsumption, distracted, focused on what I can't control, that's not healthy for me. Comparisonitis, it's not healthy for me. It shuts me down from doing my work in the world. It shuts me down from sharing my message. And your behaviors are stopping you from living the life that you want to live. Because at the end of the day, We are all here to live lives that feel good, to have extraordinary experiences. And those experiences can be anything from, you know, kissing your kid goodnight to jumping out of an airplane. Like there's no rules around what makes an extraordinary life. I've come to really appreciate and have deep gratitude for my very simple suburban life. And I also like to do adventuresome things. But if you're caught in these behaviors all the time, and if you're constantly cycling through them, cycling, cycling, cycling through them, you're never going to live the life that you want to live because you're never going to feel the way you want to feel. And I didn't sign up for this life to feel shitty. So I get that there's going to be a pendulum that we have this whole range of emotion and chances are, I'm not going to feel like blissful. 24 7, 365 until the day I die. I'm okay with that. But I also know that I have so much power and I can take so much responsibility 
for shifting where I'm holding my attention and really being intentional about how I want to feel. So honor when I'm not feeling good, but also look at the behaviors that I'm getting into that are making me feel worse so that I can actually go back and deal with the emotions and be present to the emotions that I need to be with so that they can move through me so that I stop numbing them out with these behaviors. So I always look for how I can win. And I picture myself now, you know, instead of in the tornado, right? When I feel bad, I'm in the tornado. Instead, right? I can stand in the center. The tornado can be swirling around me. I'm not going to get hit with pieces of shrapnel. Hopefully if I'm standing with the storm swirling around me, and we all have the ability to do that when we take responsibility for where we're holding our attention and how we want to feel. And when we understand the behaviors that we're cycling through that are perpetuating us feeling the way we're feeling. So Hopefully you will walk away from this episode a little bit more curious about who you are, paying attention to behaviors that don't serve you. Again, don't judge them. Start by looking at your partner and don't go calling your partner out for his behaviors. Like keep your eyes in your own lane. I'm simply saying, use your partner as an example to create a little bit of awareness. So you can say, oh, those are the things. Okay. This plus this equals this behavior. Okay. Well, what in my life do I do similar to my partner? What are my behaviors? Okay. Because the harder work is creating that conscious awareness for you. That's the harder work doing it for you. Like I said, I was an amazing coach for years. Couldn't see my way through my own garbage until I got the support that I needed. And now everything has changed and everything is changing again. So if you are a driven, ambitious man or woman who really wants more and is ready for more, but doesn't really want to do more and is ready to release these behaviors and really take control of your destiny and create the life that you want for yourself or the business that you want for yourself. So you can make more money and have more joy and feel more fulfillment with tons of energy, like understanding exactly what you need to give yourself every single day to thrive. If that feels like a pipe dream for you right now, it is possible. And those are the type of men and women that I work with. I'm not for everybody. I'm here for the people who really want more and are ready to do what it takes, which is often by letting go of all the doing uh, to achieve what they want. So if that is for you, by all means, please head over to my website, book your transformational call. I cannot wait to dismantle some of the bullshit that you are working with so that we can move it. And at least, you know, that awareness piece, like knowing these flags for you and knowing that you can change is powerful. So awareness creates potential power because it's how you take that awareness and put it to use. So you can head over to my website, lisacarpenter.ca forward slash WWM. And uh, I'm happy to book a call with you. I am booking clients into the end of the year and early, gosh, can you believe it? 2022. Wow. 
I'm not sure what happened to 2020 or 2021. It's like they were the longest years and also the fastest years. So on that note, have a beautiful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are tuning into the podcast from. I appreciate you being here and listening. I appreciate all the comments, the ratings, the reviews. If you haven't left a review and a rating, please head over to iTunes or your platform of choice and do that. It is like podcast currency. It helps more people find this podcast. And I believe I am here to reach millions of people. So if you could help me do that, I would be so deeply appreciative. And of course, if this episode resonated with you, share it. Like send it to someone you love and say, hey, do you know what your red flag behaviors are? Maybe that person you send it to will help you discover yours and you can help them discover theirs in a loving and kind way. All right. So until next time, take good care of you. Remember, nobody is going to make you a priority. That is your job. That is your responsibility. It's time for you to decide that you matter enough in your life to make yourself a priority. So you can love what you do, but you need to love yourself more. I will see you on the next episode. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt that total soul-wrenching certainty that something in your life needed to change? Listen up, you can be incredibly successful and yet not see yourself as successful. In fact, for many of my clients, it takes me pointing out that they are high achievers for them to even see this for themselves. Most of my clients have never taken the time to pause and acknowledge their accomplishments because they're too busy focusing on the next thing they want to get after. I often joke that they set a bar for themselves, but as soon as they get close to reaching it, they simply raise the bar. It's the never ending cycle that perpetuates the story that they're not there yet. More often than not, they genuinely believe they haven't done enough. You probably love setting and accomplishing goals, have no problem getting things done, know what it means to embrace the hustle and working your ass off might be your status quo. What the women who are part of my community come to realize is that no amount of doing is going to give you the feeling of fulfillment you're looking for. What makes this realization more painful is feeling the impact your choices are having on your physical and emotional well-being. The deep gut level knowing that you need to make a change in your life has nothing to do with how much you've accomplished on paper or how successful you appear to someone looking at you from the outside. You might feel burnt out because you struggle with boundaries that support you feeling good. Maybe you have a gorgeous, healthy family, but don't feel like you're really connected to your kids. Maybe you're slowly starting to realize that you're overly dependent on that glass of wine to unwind catch yourself mindlessly eating or worse yet forgetting to eat coffee has become a staple and hours can disappear as you scroll social media mindlessly you're probably burning the candle at both ends because when everyone else goes to bed you stay up late just to have you time basically you're starting to realize you're numbing your way through life and that you are the last thing on your list of priorities no matter what you've accomplished, there's something deep down in your soul that is screaming out for more. And you won't be satisfied until you can figure out what that is.
If you're listening to this podcast, I can guess you've already taken the first steps in recognizing the transformation you're seeking isn't going to be found in doing more, but in discovering why you're so addicted to your doing in the first place. You're probably also realizing that if you don't start to make caring for your emotional and physical well-being a priority, things are only going to get worse. Lasting transformation doesn't happen overnight, and it often doesn't happen without support. They're called blind windows for a reason. I've made it my personal mission in life to support women trying to create extraordinary lives of their own choosing. That's why, in addition to this podcast, I send out powerful emails to help you navigate life as an ambitious, driven, high-achieving woman so that you can make positive changes you need to thrive in your life. Join me for this journey towards what it looks like to love what you do, but love yourself more by signing up for my email list. You'll get first access to resources I've created to support you. Plus, I'll let you know about new podcast episodes, coaching opportunities, and more. Head over to lisacarpenter.ca forward slash sign up today and join my network of empowered, inspiring, ambitious women. This is your next step in choosing to make you a priority. Thank you so much for listening to the Full Frontal Living Podcast.